Hello there, and welcome to another Coffee Break with Lance Phelps. Today, I wanted to cover Love, Freedom, and Evil, one of my favorite books, and I wanted to go into the three criterias of theodicy. This is section 1.1.2, because wouldn't you know it, one of my favorite books is a textbook. It's pretty awesome, though. We're going to be covering the three criterias of theodicy, like I said, but the th- a theodicy is effectively an overarching or overall theory of how we deal with a certain topic. In this case, the problem of evil. It is the all-encompassing aspect. But one of the things that Thaddeus J. Williams talks about initially is that this is a massive problem. The problems of evil, as we had laid out just in the last chapter or in the last section, is they're multitudinous, 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 yes, that's a word. (laughs) There's just tons of problems that we have to deal with when it comes to evil and when it comes to suffering. So how do we deal with these problems? Well, a theodicy is what we're going to use in order to comprehend these. Now, theodicies can come about naturally, they often do, and they can also come about in very philosophically rigorous methods. Now, the theodicy, though, as Thaddeus Williams here argues, can become very over-compartmentalized. It can be something where you so rigidly define boundaries that you create these philosophical boxes that make it easy for you to fix one problem, but you create other problems, and then, well, in many times, many times you just ignore those problems. So, Thaddeus addresses addresses he addresses the the emotional component as well as the intellectual component. So, how do we deal with the intellectual component of addressing the problem of evil while at the same time handling the emotional component? It's easy for us as philosophers to just say, "Well, you know." This is the truth, and so it's hard, but who cares? Or not who cares, but you just simply have to learn to deal with it. But at the very same time, truth, though sometimes it is difficult, nevertheless should have some form of comforting to it if the truth is true down to the core. If it's something that flows from God, well, yes, it might be initially disturbing. It might be initially frustrating because our hearts are not in the right place. If our hearts are brought to the right place, that truth should then be comforting. Now, but oftentimes, philosophically speaking, that doesn't happen. So, Thaddeus says this, he writes this, there should be nothing in the theist's responses to the problems that evil poses to the head that conflicts with how we ought to confront the evils present in our hearts and performed with our hands. So, to bring up a counterexample to this, Williams talks about the the first century Stoic Epictetus, who takes a look at the issues of evil, and from the issues of evil, he says, when specifically the issue of grief, he says the person who is assisting the one who's grieving should not grieve themselves, because to a Stoic, evil is nothing more than just an illusion in a way, because it is the outworking of fate. And if it's the outworking of fate, then your goal as a human being, according to the Stoics, is to accept fate with out eliciting emotion. So you are to be as calm and placid inside as you possibly can be. And the more you 
the more you have emotional outbursts, the further away from the 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 absolute reality or the the best reality you are. So the Stoic says that you should not. If you are groaning with someone, you should groan outwardly to help comfort them, even though they're weak, but on the inside, you should not groan. But Williams points out a big problem here. The the Jesus that we encountered is not even remotely Stoic. And really, the Bible itself is very harsh on Stoic philosophy, because Stoic philosophy is so contrary to the core aspect of, well, Christian philosophy. But nevertheless, we look at Jesus and we see someone who knows very well that the that death is not permanent, and yet he weeps at death. And he knows very well that he is the Lord of hosts, and yet he's deeply moved by by his creature who is down on this earth. That's that's truly an astonishing thing. It's something that we really have would have a hard time wrapping our minds around. So the Jesus of the Bible is anything but a stoic Jesus. But what's the point there? The point there is when we address these issues, we have to be addressing in our theodicies the problems of evil from an emotional, from a practical and from a philosophical standpoint, we have to be. We have to have a holistic approach to these things. Now, just because we're approaching it from an emotional standpoint, does not mean that we are going to compromise truth, especially truth revealed in the Bible, simply because it is hard for many people to take. That's not what that means. Instead, we will understand what is difficult. We will help people to work through the difficulties. But we will also understand that when they work through the difficulties, and when their heart is in the right place, that truth will be a soothing balm to them instead of being a harsh reality that they must just learn how to swallow. But Williams moves into now the three criteria for for a good theodicy. So I'm just going to go ahead and quote him here, and then I'll open up a few of these. The, the, the first criteria is, the, is philosophical credibility. A viable response to abstract problems of evil must be philosophically credible able to withstand charges of poor explanatory power, fallaciousness, superficiality, etc. The criteria of biblical compatibility is the second criteria. A viable response to abstract problems of evil must be biblically compatible, neither explicitly nor implicitly contradicting successive layers of biblical insight into the nature of reality. And then finally, the criteria of existential consistency. A viable response to abstract problems of evil must be consistent, though not necessarily identical, with normative methods of existential existentially engaging the concrete problems of evil. So what are those things mean. First, philosophical credibility. We cannot adhere to a solution to the problems of evil if it itself is fallacious, if it itself falls apart under philosophical scrutiny. If we then move on, and the more important aspect of this, biblical credibility, if it doesn't adhere to the Bible, then clearly this is not an acceptable theodicy. It's not an accept- acceptable solution to the abstract problems of evil. And then finally, existential, meaning within oneself, we must be able to respond in a way that deals with the concrete problems of evil and it engages it in a way that is existentially growing, that that 
actually assists us as people. But now, Thaddeus Williams ends, out, ends this section with this quote, Are our most cherished responses to the abstract problems of evil philosophically credible, biblically compatible, and existentially consistent? We now turn to the free will defense, the most pervasive philosophical response to evil within the halls of both historical and contemporary theism. That's all I have for you today. Make sure to check out our website, divedeep.net, for more content, including blog posts, book reviews, and video content. If you like this podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check out our main episodes of Dive Deep on the podcast feed and stream live on Facebook every other Thursday night at 7 p.m. That's at facebook.com slash divedeeppodcast. We hope to see you there. Soli Deo Gloria.